Hey, it's Danny Ruyer from 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., and when I want to hear about a whole bunch of pitchers that are hurt all the time and the only organization smart enough to take on Giancarlo Stanton's contract, I listen to the Big Blue Pinstripes podcast with my guy, Joe Butter. Yankee Nation and Big Blue Nation. Uh, for the YouTube listeners, I want to apologize. I'm not really sure how this is going to work. So I'm recording an episode with my podcast software while also doing a live stream because this isn't going to be a full length episode. So I figured why not now to try how it works if I can do podcast episode style editing with live video. I want to test it out. Never done it before. So if there's pauses of blank sound, you don't hear anything, it's because I'm playing kind of a sound bite or some kind of music intro on the podcast side. I don't know how it works. So if that minute-long intro was just me sitting here staring into nothing, I apologize. Uh, thanks for sticking around and getting into the episode with me uh, for this little pilot of testing things. But like I said, I got a, it's a shorter episode today. I don't have enough for a full-length episode, so I figured I'd try to do it this way. Excuse me to kind of test this out and see how this works because this is something that I'd like to do in the future to, you know, do a live episode or live stream while also recording it to post as a podcast episode. Uh, so here we go. Anyway, anyway, so coronavirus, it is hitting everything, um, making shockwaves in the sports world. Um, teams are now of all sports are now preventing media from accessing the player locker rooms, which is a big deal because that's never happened before. It's And we've gone through some of these epidemics before. Uh, recently, I mean, a couple years ago, we had Zika virus and Ebola and things like that. And this has never happened before. So this is new. Um, this is unprecedented. And playing in empty stadiums is already happening in Europe for, you know, soccer leagues and things like that. That hasn't happened before. This is, this is kind of wild. Um, and it's not like, I don't know how, I don't know the numbers. I'm not a uh, coronavirus expert, so I don't know what the rate of spreading or rate of infection is compared to other, you know, epidemics. I don't know. It could be worse than others. It could be the same. I'm not sure. But it, it's kind of wild that it doesn't seem this much worse than, you know, it's been before. And they're making this, this much drastic of a change. But it's definitely interesting. And it's making sports look differently. They are, you know, LeBron did an interview. He's talking about like playing, playing in an empty stadium is not going to be fun. I mean, what are these, how are these guys going to react if they're playing with no fans? How is that going to change the way teams play? How is that going to change the way players play? How is that going to change everything? I mean, who knows what's going to happen? That's going to put a big, you know, a big damper on the end of the NBA season, especially with, you know, they're coming down the stretch of the playoffs right now and they're going to be playing, you know, that home stretch where, you know, momentum is big, where fans need, they need their fans to, you know, get into it, to play off of them, to get, you know, motivated. And they're playing, you know, they might be fighting for playoffs. They might be fighting for home court. They might be fighting for all these different things. And they're playing in an empty stadium where you're just hearing echoes all around the building as you're trying to play. It might be kind of weird. I mean, like these guys don't play in empty arenas. So if they like hear just echoes of, you know, shoes squeaking and plays being called. I mean, you're going to hear what, what the other team is planning on the other side of the, on the other bench. You're going to hear their timeouts. You're going to hear their, their, their play calls. Like it's going to echo. 
like basketball stadiums are indoors. It's it's just a hollow, empty building. You're gonna hear that sound is gonna echo all through the arena. So that's gonna be weird. Um, and it it kind of made its way to well, they thought it possibly could have made its way to the Yankee clubhouse. Um, Gary Sanchez was suffering from flu-like symptoms. He originally had a back injury, kept him out a couple of days. They didn't think it was anything too serious, gave him a couple of days of rest. Uh, he was supposed to take batting practice today. However, when they broke out of the clubhouse, since there was no media inside, they didn't know what was going on inside. When the players broke out for, you know, on-field batting practice and, and things like that before the game, uh, Gary Sanchez wasn't there. Turns out he has a fever, so they tested him for the flu, uh, apparently tested positive. So with a positive test, they then decide not to go to the coronavirus test because uh, apparently there hasn't been a co-occurring case of fever or of uh, influenza slash coronavirus. So I guess there's a nationwide shortage of coronavirus tests, which seems like an issue with the state of the world right now. We should probably get some more of those. Anyway, with the shortage of coronavirus tests available, if you they test you for other things first, if any of those come back positive, they just neglect the coronavirus test. They just say, hey, you got the flu. We're going to you know treat this as that if it doesn't get any better and, you know, whatever it is, five to seven days that a flu is supposed to get better, then look, we'll look into something else. But as of right now, you got the flu. And they told Gary Sanchez to basically go away until Friday because he doesn't want to infect the clubhouse. I mean, we're only two weeks away from spring, uh, spring training or from uh, opening day. So we uh, don't don't infect the rest of the clubhouse. Uh, so they basically told him to leave, come back Friday, and we'll reassess, see where you're at, and go from there. So looks like they may have dodged a big-time bullet. Um, with you know, hopefully no coronavirus going in the clubhouse of <laughs> of the Yankees because that would be an issue with only two weeks away from spring, uh, opening day. Anyways, uh, like I said, coronavirus is in full swing. I mean, it's starting to hit where I'm at in DC. It's starting to you know slowly make its way down here, or quickly, I guess. I'm I'm not really sure how you want to look at it. Quickly making its way down here, and it's affecting all over. I mean, I don't know how serious it really is for. It seems to be hitting a specific age range uh, more severely than it's hitting others. But, I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, people need to pay attention. Wash your hands. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm not a doctor. This isn't a, a medical podcast. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's wild. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks to see if, you know, baseball gets pushed back or they're playing in empty stadiums. It's, I don't know. I mean, I kind of like what they're doing with the – preventing the media from accessing the clubhouse because I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like the world is going to shut down. I mean, people are going to keep living their lives for the most part. So if, if somebody wants to go to a basketball game, a baseball game, a football, or like, I mean, football's not going on, but if somebody wants to go to a, a sporting event, I mean, that's up to you. You're more than welcome to do it. And you know, you're taking a risk because you're going into a confined space sitting in close proximity to a, a large population and you have no idea who's sick and who isn't who isn't i mean that's up to you you're more than welcome to do it however the players don't have that choice they have to be there because that's what they get paid to do and they're getting paid a lot of money to do it so they have to be there they have to play they have to prepare and so let's protect those guys because they don't have the option you have the option to stay home i mean technically the arena could be empty because people are too afraid to go that's not what they're doing. They're trying to get out ahead of the curve and tell possibly make it so you can't go. 
Uh, but as of right now, I mean, it's up to you. If you want to go, go. We're going to protect the players because they have to be there. Um, they're in their workplace. So I like it for now. I mean, I hope it doesn't turn into a, a permanent thing now that media can't get into it. I mean, that's kind of where we get our information. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm not going into the locker room, so I can't ask these guys questions myself. I'm not going to all these games. I, I have an actual job. I, I don't do this for a living. This is done for fun. I have a job, so I can't you know, go to every Yankee game. I can't go to every Giants game and go to practices and spring training and training camp and things like that. So I need those guys to provide information and you know the insider knowledge needed to provide a podcast like this. Basically, that, I mean, that's how it works. I need those guys. We all need those guys. That's where everybody gets their information. So I hope it doesn't turn into a permanent thing. But for right now, I think it's a pretty good idea. <sighs> anyway, on the actual field for the Yankees, not much going on. Um, you know, status quo. No more serious injuries to report about as of right now besides Sanchez, which doesn't appear to be a serious physical thing. Um, the back seems to be better. He was supposed, Like I said, he was supposed to take batting practice today, which is a good sign. Their plan was to get into games on Friday. Obviously, that's going to be pushed back into next week. But, I mean, he's been playing, so it's not like he's going to need three full weeks to recover. I mean, once he's feeling good again and can play, I mean, get him in a couple games, he's good to go. I mean, he'll be fine. He'll be ready for opening day as long as this is just a, uh, you know, a, a sickness, not a physical injury. So I'm not too worried about that right now. Um, Aaron Judge situation hasn't been reassessed yet hopefully next week for next week's episode we'll have some more information on you know what the long-term effects of that's going to be and how that's going to affect the season but for now don't have anything to report on him uh stanton is starting to throw swing pretty much do everything so it's looking like he's probably going to be prepared for a middle april return which is nice um i'm not the biggest Giancarlo stanton fan that you're going to find amongst yankee faithful However, when you don't have Aaron Judge, when you don't have Aaron Hicks, you kind of need him out there. I mean, you need somebody out there. I mean, Brett Gardner is the best outfielder on the team right now, and that's an issue. Um, I like, I mean, I like Brett Gardner from a vocal standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, and I like Gardner batting ninth. I do. I think he's probably the best nine hitter in Major League Baseball because, I mean, really when you're batting ninth, there's not a whole lot of expectations. And he provides a uh, a physical leadership, an emotional leadership to the team that they kind of need because Aaron Judge isn't very vocal. I mean, at least to, to the public. I don't know how he is behind closed doors because, again, I'm not inside the clubhouse like some of the media people that we need. But Brett Gardner does that publicly, and they need that. Um, I don't want him to be the best player in the outfield. I don't want him to bat second, which is what he's been doing in spring training. I don't want that. I don't like him batting second. I want him batting ninth and, you know, hit three times a game instead of four or five times a game and, you know, provide a, provide some leadership. All right. Started the recording. All right. So again, I apologize for the people listening via podcast. Um, my, my son woke up, so I had to run upstairs to get a bottle to my wife so she could feed him. Um, and I'm a little out of breath because I was running to try to get and get the bottle to her because he was freaking out. Uh, he's 11 months, so yeah, still a baby. So it requires some feedings every now and then. Anyway, back to it. Um, 
not really sure what I was talking about when I stopped. So I'm just going to move on. Um, not like I said, not much going on in Yankee world on the field. So the biggest thing right now is getting Gary Sanchez back on the field, getting Giancarlo Stanton back on the field and going on from there. Oh, Brett Gardner. That's what I was talking about. Um, Again, I like Brett Gardner a lot when it comes to a leadership standpoint. As long as he's batting ninth, I'm happy. Keep him out there. Uh, so really to to make that happen, they need to stand back. So hopefully he can get himself gathered, get himself together, healthy, back on the field. And, you know, playing, hopefully he's going to play like 130 games this year. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, besides that, I got a little bit of giant stuff that I want to talk about before free agency opens up on Monday. Um, they are trying to come to some kind of agreement with Leonard Williams and they need to figure it out. Leonard Williams was a guy that they traded for last year, a defensive and or defensive lineman. He could play inside and outside for the Jets. They traded for him. They sent a third round pick to the Jets for him in a losing season, a season that didn't mean anything, which was very mind boggling why they did that. Third round picks are pretty valuable and they just, gave one away to bring in Williams, who by all means is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with him. He's a good player, but it was his free agent year. It was a contract year. So you're bringing in a guy who might leave, played eight games for you, might leave. You get nothing in return. And you just gave a third round pick for him in a, in a season that it wasn't like you were making a push for the playoffs. You were doing nothing. You're making a push for the number one pick. So why you did that without knowing he was going to resign is weird. Um, it's looking like they're probably going to tag him if they can't come to some kind of agreement. And I, I want him to stay. I like him. I like him a lot. I liked him when they brought him in. I liked him on the Jets. He went a little under the radar because he wasn't putting up stat sheet numbers, but he was doing his job. He was uh, stuffing the middle of the line and allowing ends to do their job, allowing edge rushers to do their job, which is big, especially with the p- potential – draft selection of Isaiah Simmons. If you got Leonard Williams up front, you got Dexter Lawrence up front, you got Dalvin Tomlinson up front, Isaiah Simmons can kind of run free and rush the passer, you know, do whatever he needs to do. That's big. They need that. And he made a he made a change. He made a big difference when he came here. Um sorry if I'm looking down, I got some notes here of just, you know, stuff that I can throw off the top of my head. Um he played seven games with the Jets, eight games with the Giants last year. So virtually half season. Half season with each. Um, with sack numbers, not great. He had no sacks with the Jets, which was kind of a talking point throughout the season. No sacks there. He had a half a sack with the Giants, something great. But the underlying numbers was a little bit better. He had 11 quarterback hits in the eight games with the Giants. He had five quarterback hits with the seven games with the Jets. So I don't know if it's, I mean, you can't say change the scenery because he played in the same building. So he didn't really change his scenery. He changed his jersey color. That was about it. Defense didn't get any better. I mean, he actually went to a worse defense. So. I don't know what happened. Maybe, you know, Adam, the Adam Gase effect, he affects everybody because he sucks as a head coach. So maybe coming over to the Giants, let, like freed him up a little bit, possibly. Um, and, you know, Joe Judge coming from the Patriots, I feel like a Patriots organization would like a guy like this. Um, so I hope they come to some sort of agreement to bring him in, to bring him back. I like him. I want him to stay. Um I think he would be good. I think he would fit well with what they're trying to accomplish and add a, add a body that, you know, is productive and a defense that needs bodies that are productive. And I think he can do that. 
Um, another guy they're talking about bringing in who I think they can go hand in hand is Jadavion Clowney, who I don't, I don't know if they're thinking about bringing him in, but it's, it's a big talking point among, you know, sports media that the Giants are interested and that Jadavion Clowney is interested in coming to the Giants. Um, that's a big market for him. He hasn't really been in that big of a market, you know, Houston and, and Seattle aren't big markets, better teams, but the markets aren't that big. So, you know, bringing him to New York could be big for his marketing standpoint of himself. And maybe he's interested in that. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Um, But the reports are saying that he's interested and the Giants are interested. It's just the price. Um, Reports are he's looking for $23 a year. That's a lot for him. I mean, he's a good player. He's not one of the best at the position. I mean, he's probably in the Tier 2 to Tier 3 of the position. Um, so we'll see if that comes down a little bit, if it gets into a bidding war, I don't think the giants would do it, but they got money to spend. I mean, they got a lot of money to spend, so it's possible. I mean, I think you could spend money more wisely elsewhere, but it's possible. I mean, he's been productive. This was actually 2019 was his worst season of, you know, the last four 16, 17, 18. He went to the pro bowl last year. He didn't. Um, so that could help with the price. Usually it doesn't, I mean, unless you have two or three bad years in a row, the price doesn't really drop that drastically. Um, but his numbers dropped big time. Um, he was, you know, three years prior to had six sacks, nine and a half sacks, nine sacks last year at three, um, quarterback hit 17, 21, 21, 13, uh, tackles for a loss, 16, 21, 16, seven. So those purple years, he put up numbers that would have warranted a $23 million salary last year. Wasn't that great? Uh, we'll see. He's a, he's a former number one overall pick. I mean, we know he's talented. We know he's gifted. And the Giants don't have anybody like that right now. So it wouldn't hurt to have him. Trust me. If you have him, Leonard Williams, along with the two guys you got, the two big guys, you could put Williams and Clowney on the outside, let Isaiah Simmons run free, sign me up. And, and Byron Jones, bring him in. That guy I want. That guy I want. They need corners big time. That prevents you from needing to look at corner early. Um, you can kind of wait around for corner later in the draft so you can pass on the guy like Jeff Okuda and you know hone in on Isaiah Simmons or Chase Young. The problem is, I guess you kind of have to assume that Chase Young's not going to be there. But if you sign Clowney, then and if you tag Williams, if you tag both of those, you got four, you got your four starting linemen right there. Is it really worth it to bring in Chase Young? I mean, it is because he's probably the best of the bunch. Um, at, at the very least, he's on par with Jadavion Clowney. Um, so obviously, you, like you can't pass on that. Like you're going to pass on, you know, J.J. Watt because you have Leonard Williams. No. Like you're going to pass on the potential of, you know, a perennial defensive player of the year potential player because you have – these guys set in stone on paper? No. But you are going to think twice a little bit about it when you got, if you sign Clowney to say four or five years, you sign Leonard Williams to four or five years, you have Tomlinson and Lawrence on rookie contracts for the next three, four years. Is it worth it when you can get Isaiah Simmons, who may provide the same, you know, value, the same production to the team from a different position that can play along with those guys? You know, it's something to think about. And, you know, I'm all I'm all in on Isaiah Simmons. I don't 
necessarily want him more than Chase Young at the moment, but it's close. It's close. That dude is a freak at the combine. He was a freak, you know, watching the the national championship game. That dude jumped out on a on a stage on a field that presented so many NFL caliber players. There was so many NFL players in that game, and he stood out among all of them. He was the one that flashed the most, um, and that's big. I mean, that says a lot. Um, I mean, he, he, you were watching him. Like, he he made sure everybody watching on TV, everybody in the stadium, everybody knew where he was, and he showed out at the combine, too. He, I mean, of all the linebackers, he proved that he was the best player in the draft uh, amongst the position and potentially the second best player in the draft overall behind Chase Young. I mean, Chase Young is the most, is the best overall player in the draft. Joe Burrow is going to go number one because he's the quarterback. Tua might go number two because he's the quarterback. Chase Young is the best player in the draft. Um, and you saw that watching the games. You saw that uh, listening. You, you hear that listening to every single college football analyst out there. Um, Chase Young is just on paper, um, on the field. His tape, his game film is just light years better than everybody else. It is what it is. I don't think they're going to get him. I don't think they necessarily need him. Isaiah Simmons is right there with him. So get one of those two, uh, if nothing else. But I like the idea of Leonard Williams. I like the idea of Byron Jones. Or I love the idea of Leonard Williams. I love the idea of Byron Jones. I like the idea of Clowney. Let's see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. They push back the tag deadline to Sunday night or to yeah Sunday night uh, because the CBA isn't done yet. And they can't really determine what they want to do until the CBA is done because, you know, that could change the course of, you know, how the season goes. So who knows what's going to happen? I don't, the CBA is fine, um, but it, it, it's kind of weird. I don't like the idea of an odd number of games. I think that's stupid. But anyway, that's that's talk for a different episode. When that passes or gets vetoed, we'll talk about it. Uh, but for right now, I'm, I'm not too interested in talking about that. This isn't a sports-wide podcast. It's a Giants and Yankees podcast. So the only way it affects the Giants as of right now, um, in this very moment, is that they can't do anything with Leonard Williams yet. So the tag deadline was moved to Sunday night, and free agency opens up Monday. The draft is next month, so they're pretty much going to have to decide on, look, do we want to take a chance to see if Chase Young falls to four, or do we want to take the money we got and spend it on Leonard Williams and Jadavion Clowney? Because it's probably one or the other. If Chase Young falls to four and you have both of those guys, you may still go Simmons. You just might. But that's pretty much all I have for today. Um, I don't know how this went. Sorry, there was a pause in the middle chasing after my son. Um, everything is fine with that. He just needed some milk and he cried. I don't know if you heard the crying on the recording or not. It was kind of faint, but, um, yeah, interested to see how this turned out and hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'd like to do a lot more live streams because they're a lot more fun and it's a little bit more raw and kind of shows you and shows me that the work I'm putting in, I'm able to talk you know, fluently. I don't have to edit out a bunch of pauses where I'm trying to think about something to say. Like it shows you that I can fluently talk about this and kind of lets you in on the ugly bedroom that I, that I post in and the lack of lighting. So I have to have this light on above my head, which looks bad. Um, and the reason I took my glasses off is because I noticed in the last live stream, there's a glare and it looked weird because I could see myself from the glasses on the camera. It was just, it was just wild. 
and so I can't really see very well. So hopefully it doesn't look too bad because I don't really know what I can't read the words on the page. So anyway, I hope this worked out well, and thanks for kind of chugging along through the the pause, and we'll be back next week.